Welcome back to My Life's Work podcast, where we explore a diverse set of career paths and the decisions that lead people to where they are today. I'm Sarah. And I'm Nathaniel. Today, we're thrilled to bring you the story of the life's work of Dr. Justin Burton, Chief of Physical Medicine and Rehabilitation at Children's National Hospital here in D.C. It doesn't take too many moments of interacting with Dr. Burton to realize that he is a different kind of doctor. Every once in a while, you come across a person who has found a way to magnify their skills to really make a difference in the world. Dr. Burton has done just that. Dr. Burton's journey towards medicine began in high school as a reserved, quiet student who loved sports and was intrigued by math and science. He knew he wanted to pull on these interests and skills in his future career, and he also had two guiding principles. I was always, still am, a pretty quiet and reserved person, and I, I knew that I could find a job where I could probably use my math or science skills, sit in my, at my desk or my cubicle and do that day in and day out and have pretty minimal interaction with people in the world. And uh, I thought that one of the ways I was going to advance just in a personal level was to put myself out there and try something uh, new or think about career paths where there's a lot more uh, interaction uh, with people. I go outside my comfort zone. Not only did Dr. Burton want to push himself out of his comfort zone, he felt a responsibility to give back. I thought a lot about how I got to where I was just as a student growing up, and I always felt like I had um, a great deal of support from my, my family and my very, very close community. And I actually felt guilty at times <laughs> that I was maybe receiving so much and not giving back. Together, these two guiding principles, to find a career that pushed him to interact and that allowed him to give back to his community, led him in the direction of medicine. I thought that was a way maybe I could use my math and my, my science skills and my interest in biology and as a way to, to interact with people and almost a way to give back to everyone who's given so much for me. In college, Dr. Burton dove into the sciences. I, I kind of got hooked on human biology. You know, people think about being a veterinarian and working with animals, and, and I think that's um, great and fantastic. I was more interested in um, um, uh, human biology and in science, and um, uh, it's, it's then when I thought, this is a career path. I know lots of people going to college and they change majors, and I thought about a lot of different things. Um, I felt like it fit for you know, the things that were building up as I was going through school. And um, I thought it just brought together a lot of different uh, aspects of my life and interest. But even though it felt like all of his interests and goals were coming together in a career, that doesn't mean it was an easy or even simple decision. It sounds a little crazy, but I went into medical school and um, went down that path of taking the the medical college admissions test. And I probably hadn't had one serious conversation with a doctor about what it means to be a doctor. I look back on that and I, I still remember some of those moments and times when I was thinking about what I was gonna do with my life. And you know, I, I had some thoughts about uh, being a teacher or professor or actuarial scientist or something like that. And um, I just felt like I put myself out there, work with uh, the field of science and work with, with people and, and give back to the community. and. Um, I guess I, I took that leap. 
While in hindsight, Dr. Burton may have felt like he didn't know where he was heading. In medical school, he began to figure out how he wanted to specialize, and more deeply, how he wanted to serve his patients. Unlike in high school and in college, where he didn't have mentors in the medical field, Dr. Burton was guided by a series of mentors. One of his first mentors was Dr. Will Ross. This relationship was particularly impactful for Dr. Burton as one of only a few students of color in his medical school program. He sought me out as a first year of medical student uh, at the time when I started medical school, which was, gosh, 2001. <laughs> um, the number of applications to medical schools, I think, were still going up at the time. The number of applications for minorities was actually going down. And I had 125, I think, people in my class. And um, there were six of us who were African-American, half African-American or a Latinx. So six total out of the 125. And, you know, I didn't know that at the time. The numbers, again, something I was ignorant of. And Dr. Ross was, um, I think, the first black male physician that I interacted with. And I still look back and realize how much he was trying to teach me and show me um, along the way. A lasting lesson he taught Dr. Burton was the importance of patient-centered care. Dr. Burton was initially drawn to medicine because the patient interaction piece pushed him out of his comfort zone. But now, watching Dr. Ross, patient interactions were more than just a personal challenge. Dr. Burton realized that it was one of the most important pieces of practicing medicine. He had such an incredible bedside manner and his patients just seemed to love talking with him and love interacting with him. And I just, <laughs> I, I, looked, I looked at him and watched how he interacted. It's like, if I could just do that, <laughs> and if I know all the answers, <laughs> then I'd be a perfect physician. Much of the first two years in medical school were spent doing just that, learning the answers. And so you're just learning a ton, and it's just the, the, the fire hose or the quicksand analogy, just things thrown out you're just trying to absorb as much as possible. It wasn't until third year you actually get into the, for us, we got into the hospital. And at that point, that's really when um, my interest took off uh, in medicine. It was just so exciting. It was, I was excited by everything. Based on his fascination with neuroscience in college, he'd gone into med school planning on becoming a pediatric neurologist. Still, Dr. Burton was committed to keeping an open mind as he started to explore specialties in his rotations. And this open mind paid off. And I was falling in love with everything. I thought internal medicine, I still remember the, some of the patient interactions I had in my first few months of third year of medical school. I'll never forget them. And I loved it. And then I went and um, uh, I did neurology and I went into the OR. The OR was exciting, exciting place, working on uh, OB-GYN and helping deliver babies was an uh, incredible uh, experience. Dr. Burton realized that there were two decisions he had to make before choosing his specialty. First, whether he wanted to be a physician or a surgeon. I know those seem like one and the same, and, and there's a ton of overlap. But do you want to be in the operating room doing this day in and day out? Or do you want to be interacting with patients um, you know, outside the operating room? And I knew, although the OR was very interesting, um, I knew I wasn't a surgeon. That's not what I wanted to do day in and day out. I appreciated a lot more the talking and the actual patient interaction. Um, and so I made the decision that I was going to do something non-surgical. 
The second decision he had to make was whether he wanted to work in pediatrics or with adults. Adults are so interesting, and the, the stories are uh, incredible when you have a chance to sit down with adults. But pediatrics is a lot more fun. And to see a child recover from something devastating, it's just really special. And so I made the decision to do something in pediatric medicine. And despite how much he enjoyed all the different specialties he had gotten a taste of in his rotations, Dr. Burton still wanted to go into pediatric neurology. But in a turn of events, his first choice for a month-long rotation was full. I said, oh, so I had to scramble. And somebody said, well, if you're thinking about neurology, you should look at physical medicine and rehabilitation. It's like, never heard of it. But it turned out that PM&R had some overlap with neurology, so he decided to give it a try. I spent two weeks on a spinal cord injury unit and two weeks on a brain injury and stroke unit. Um, it was those four weeks where I fell in love with physical medicine and rehab. In addition to having the same aspects that drew him to pediatric neurology, physical medicine and rehabilitation was a field where doctor-patient communication was particularly critical. It allowed me to work with patients longitudinally more. So I got the chance to see patients for a couple weeks as opposed to two days. You weren't in and out of the hospital and on to the next one. In, in, in rehabilitation, I got to help manage these patients' um, medical issues, and but also help them during their recovery process. And to me, without realizing it, that's what I was looking for in medicine. And then when I looked into pe pediatric rehabilitation, I realized it was such a small field with such a huge need. And um, so I was sold and uh, haven't looked back since. Today, Dr. Burton is Chief of Physical Medicine and Rehabilitation at Children's National Hospital. Dr. Burton arrived at Children's National when he was choosing his residency. A lot of it just came down to what felt right. Like I'd go on these interviews, I'd walk into a, a hospital and I was interviewing a residency and within a few hours, I don't know what it was, I just get this feeling like, oh, I could definitely work here. And Children's National just felt right. It's a place, a hospital and a system that I felt very comfortable, I felt at home, but I also felt they were gonna push me. It's worth pausing a moment to describe the full extent of Dr. Burton's position, since his work goes beyond the traditional concept of a physician. Not only that, but for all intents and purposes, he actually holds two positions. At Children's, he completes inpatient consultations for children who may need rehabilitation during and after their stay. So patients who maybe just got admitted to the hospital, they're in the intensive care unit, or they're on the floor, and we think that they may need or really benefit from our services. This is not a patient that came in for an asthma attack and is, is getting uh, their medication and expected to recover in a few hours or a day. But these are patients that came in with something generally very significant and um, life-changing, and it's going to be a potentially a long road to recovery. The second part of his job is as co-director of the National Center for Children's Rehabilitation. This program is a partnership between the National Rehabilitation Hospital and Children's Hospital. Dr. Burton leads a team of therapists, nurses, and other providers to care for children in their first phase of recovery after discharge from hospital. We began this episode by telling you that Dr. Burton was a different kind of doctor, and here lies that place where this is most clear. 
In both of these roles, Dr. Burton harnesses his understanding of the importance of patient interaction to provide the best possible care for families who are going through some of the hardest times of their lives. He not only makes families feel seen and heard and cared for, but he goes much further. His connections with patients guides his treatment. There's so much involved with uh, patient and team communication and collaboration. Um, and I spend a lot of my time on that aspect because I realize just how important that is. And that's the part where I think I would have graded myself uh, pretty poorly going into medical school. Like, right, it's easy for me to self-study and, and, and read a bunch, but it's very different to know the answer, know what the treatment plan is, know what to do, and to implement it, right? And, you know, you take a patient in the exact same medical situation, but that patient, that family, that situation is very different. And so your treatment, your communication about that treatment becomes very different. We decided to stray a little from our typical format and to bring in another voice from Dr. Burton's life. Nurse practitioner Caitlin Brady started as a floor nurse at NRH on the same day that Dr. Burton started as an attending physician. Over the past nine years, they have worked alongside each other at NRH and at Children's. Caitlin is uniquely able to reflect on Dr. Burton's impact. In talking to her, she immediately identified what she thinks makes him a different kind of doctor. Dr. Burton's gift is one that allows people to feel like he's hearing them, that he understands what they're going through, and that bestows confidence in them, in him as the leader of this care. And the thing that is so impressive about Dr. Burton is that he's consistent with every family he talks to. He makes everybody feel like they're understood, like they're heard, like he cares, which he sincerely does, um, and, and that their healing and their journey is a priority of his in that conversation. And I think, you know, it's, it's one thing and one compliment to say, yes, he made me and my family feel this great. Well, that's really special and that's a compliment in itself. But I think to really sit back and think about being consistent with every person you talk to, every patient you see, every family, um, that's the gift. That is the gift. When someone gives so much of themselves and serves so many people in their job, they faced the additional challenge of balancing work life with home life. This wasn't a challenge that Dr. Burton anticipated when he started his career in medicine. You know, I went in thinking na naively that like people just worked eight to five or something like that. You know, I know there was, there was shift work and I quickly learned in, in medical school and residency that's not how things worked. And I also quickly realized that's not how I worked. Dr. Burton adapted to the demands and lifestyle of PM&R. And while the balance is never easy, he's found an approach that works for him. I never want to shortchange one for the other, right? Um, and if, if I feel like I have not done everything I could at the hospital all day and, and worked really hard and, and uh, seen the patients and talked to everyone and I rush home, then I feel like I take work home with me. And in that way, I may get off earlier, but am I truly at home? While we're focused on telling the story of Dr. Burton's career in this episode, it was clear in our conversations that his passion and commitment shine equally fully on his family. 
you know, I, I, I want to be focused and I want to do the best I can for the patients and people that I work with. Um, and the same goes for home. If I'm taking a lot of my work um, uh, stress home, um, it's not, in my opinion, fair to my family. I may spend longer hours at the hospital, but when I'm home, I'm home and I'm uh, having fun with my wife and kids. And yes, it may be shorter hours, but in a way I value that time even more. Um, and, um, uh, but it's not always that perfect. You know, I'm always, you, sometimes you have to run home for something or run to work for something. And that overlap or that muddling becomes more obvious. It's clear that Dr. Burton's ideal, both at work and at home, is based in this idea of presence and how we draw on that presence in interactions. Watching Dr. Ross treat patients in medical school, Dr. Burton had seen how patient interaction and medical knowledge must be combined to make an effective physician. It's not hard to see the remarkable growth of this central tenet in Dr. Burton's life starting with his determination to move beyond his introversion, to his awe of Dr. Ross's patient care, to his current role at Children's National. Dr. Burton now models that patient care, centered around connection to others. No doubt, Caitlin is one of many who now echoes Dr. Burton's sentiment about Dr. Ross, but now it's about him. You know, I have always felt like if I can just take 5% of his interactions and incorporate that into my daily practice, I will be a better nurse practitioner, I'll be a better healthcare provider, and I'll be a better human. What stands out to me most in Dr. Burton's story is the decisions he made. His life's work is a patchwork of intentional, calculated decisions, but also of last-minute gut feelings. Entering medicine was the first type of decision. He knew he wanted that human interaction and a sense of doing good, and so he chose medicine over office work. But his transition to physical medicine and rehabilitation, his field to this day, was the result of unexpected and even unwelcome circumstances. I think Dr. Burton is an important example here, not because he was lucky to be forced into a field that he actually ended up liking, but in fact because he was able to remain flexible, work with the reality around him and not reject this position simply because it didn't fit his plan. Honestly, it's hard to decide which of the many things I've learned from Dr. Burton to reflect on here. First, full disclosure, I am one of the many children who is lucky enough to have been a patient of Dr. Burton's. I met Dr. Burton in the ICU at Children's National after I had a stroke, and he was my doctor during my stay at the pediatric wing at the rehab hospital. Over the past two years, while supporting my recovery, he has taught me more about service and work and life than could be discussed in a whole podcast, let alone in a couple of minutes of this single episode. But looking back on our discussion for this episode, I realize that the greatest way that Dr. Burton has shaped my perspective around careers is by showing me the magnitude and power of making the world a better place, not on a massive scale, but on the human scale of one-on-one -on -one service. Before I met Dr. Burton, I thought the only way to make real change in the world was on that of a large scale. I was enthralled by politics and policy. That fall, the 2020 Democratic primary was ramping up and I was thrilled and inspired by the determination of the candidates to mold the country into a better place. 
I saw the problems that we were facing, the flaws and the failures, and I was swept up in the ideals of democracy, of the possibility of widespread change. In my hospital room at NRH, an Elizabeth Warren bumper sticker was pinned to the bulletin board at the bottom of my bed. I practiced stairs and slowly relearned to walk, looking forward to the moment when I would once again take the bus to my internship at Ward 6 Council Member Charles Allen's office. As I spent day after day in the hospital system, I was energized by my growing understanding of why healthcare must be considered a basic human right, and I was determined to use my personal experience to impact change on a large scale. But at the same time, Dr. Burton was opening my eyes to a very different way to have an impact. He showed me how service on an individual level can be just as massive, and how its effects ripple and spread. He showed me how it's not just what you know or what you can do, but how you do it that matters. Dr. Burton has often told me that I can have an impact in the world not in spite of what happened to me, but because of what happened to me. In large part, that is due to his support and the lessons I have learned from knowing him. Thank you all for listening to this episode of My Life's Work podcast. This episode concludes the first year of the podcast. We've learned so much from each of our guests. And we have some exciting ideas for this next year. Stay tuned.